of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 278. Jason Lindgren is with me and a man near and dear to my heart, David Avocado Wolf, as you will find him online in the Great White North. So take off, hosers. But anyhow, we're going to get into a lot of healthful ideas and uh, let's just jump. Welcome, Jason. Good morning. Do we have anything to add? Nope. Let's maximize our time with David. All right. Uh, welcome, David. And I'll, I'm actually going to start after we intro you here talking about some of the things you've sent me that I've used, but welcome. Thanks so much. And, and I'd love to just say hello to all the membership. And as you know, Crow, I've been a member of your site almost from the very beginning. And Jason, really appreciate you guys having me on. We're going to get some really useful and immediately applicable stuff here. And as a member of the site, I've, I've seen what you guys have covered. So what I'm going to fill in the blanks on today, I think is going to be very useful for people in their daily lives. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've realized in the course of everything we've done is that if you go to like a drugstore, a CVS, a Walgreens, whatever, and you're looking for supplements, that's really not the place to get those things. And people like Clive DeCarl, uh, yourself have sent me things that have made a huge different difference. And I'll start off with an example. I had, you know how when your finger locks, they call it trigger finger. My sister actually had it. Um, she got a surgery and the VA told me I needed one and Clive DeCarl said, take magnesium. I did that on the air. And in the time that we were recording, my finger was better. I take it six times a day. Now I, my, I don't have it. It's gone. Uh, my finger is repaired. The other thing that I will mention is I'm responsible for elderly people at one point, which is, I'm sure a lot of people are going to relate to this. They started to lose track of who their children were. Uh, even people that they'd gone out to lunch with, who who was that person sitting across the table? We're talking about their child here. Clive DeCarl sent me fulvic minerals or fulvic acid and iodine, iodine being the main thing here. And I started a regimen and immediately noticed that the memory loss had improved. On top of that, Clive was telling me that there were these studies where they'd taken old people's brains and totally desiccated all the liquid out. What's left is fat. And the idea being there is that the good fats are deficient uh, in people that are starting to have memory loss in the way I'm describing. That's where you come in. You had sent me a bunch of just top-notch products. I can't say enough about the quality of the stuff that you've sent me. One of those things was cocoa butter. And I started putting that in every drink, every half cup of coffee, every tea, everything that I could melt the butter into. And the memory loss is almost uh, non-existent now. There are, there are little hints here and there, but for the most part, functional again. So there's that, man. And it should cue you up to Lord knows how many ideas. Well, I, I'm so glad to hear that. And it's to everyone out there, food is medicine. And especially as we age, things like magnesium, things like vitamin B3, B6, B12 become more important. And if you, there's a fundamental premise that I'll lay out. It's a theme of all my work and all the work of all the natural healers out there. And that is as long as you step out of the way, your body will heal itself. Give your body what it requires, step out of the way, and your body will heal itself. And that's, that is, once you have that, once you understand that, you, you're going to be led down a direction which is a very different track than corporate medicine and the pharmaceutical industry. In fact, that entire industry and that whole way of life and that whole entire concept of giving your power away to doctors, hospitals, pharmaceutical companies has led to 
per, perhaps the biggest catastrophe and what will be for sure in the future, the biggest catastrophe in human history. And this is an era where we're facing imminent injections of God knows what kind of chemicals and crap they're going to be putting into people. What I'm saying is absolutely turn the other direction. And we're going to lay out in this call, we're going to lay out what I learned from the masters, what the greats have taught me. And some of those greats were Charlotte Gerson, who you love, Pro, and I always love when you bring up Charlotte Gerson's name. And Dr. William Hitt down there in Tijuana, I worked with Hitt for 10 years. And we dealt with terminal cases of cancer every day. Every day, people walk in terminal stomach cancer, brain cancer, fill in the blank. And I'm going to tell you about some of those protocols that we used, but I'm going to lay out a basic idea. And the basic idea is, is that you can't just get sick. There's no such thing as a flu unless you've got a buildup of plaque and a buildup of feces in your colon that's been sitting there for months, years, maybe even decades. It, unless you've got a buildup of parasites, things that are hanging on, things that are overt, even as crazy as tapeworms and pinworms and hookworms, all the way to things like liver flukes, and then things like harmful bacteria, which are really parasites. They're taking, they're not giving. We could even categorize, even though we can make an argument that these things are not living, we can categorize viruses as parasites. And they do have all one strong weakness, which we'll get to. And of course, the most intelligent strategy in medicine would be to approach the weakness of all organisms, all things that are trying to break us down, namely the parasites. We're going to get there. But before we do that, I'm going to just going to lay this out. If you can get the, your colon cleaned out, if you can get your tissue cleaned out, and, and we'll get into that more, more in depth if you want, then you start wiping the parasites out. It is impossible. And there's this is why I don't want this on YouTube, because I want the truth out there. It is impossible for you to get a cold, cough, flu, fever, or whatever the thing is that they're going to be throwing at you the next time. Because you don't have enough hanger-ons, enough castaways, stowaways, sucking your life force off, namely from the excess plaque and buildup of undigested material in your body, from the parasites themselves, from the tissue that's become clogged up. And so therefore, you actually become immune. And the developing at that point, once you've done the colon cleansing and tissue cleansing and the proper nutrition, the, then that next step is the developing of real immunity. And that's through primarily the medicinal mushrooms and the other great, what we call in our field, tonic herbs. I think it's easier for most normal people to understand them as super herbs. They're the cream of the crop. They're the best in the world. Like I love Echinacea. I grow echinacea. I'm into echinacea, but it's not a tonic herb. A tonic herb would be something like reishi mushroom or chaga mushroom or astragalus or cat's claw, unia de gato. And you know, we can go into different systems at different latitudes. You know, In the tropics, it's going to be cat's claw. Up in the northern latitudes where I'm at right now, it's going to be reishi mushroom and chaga mushroom. So we're going to kind of lay that all out in this call so that you guys have some real tools to work with in your daily lives. It's also a fundamental theme of my work that we're going to be organic or get the best quality food we can get because we do not want to be eating things that are sprayed with chemicals. We don't want water that has chemicals in it, and we don't want air with their chemicals in it. And uh, then that is basically the most important thing is to get clean on the inside so that we are functioning at our highest capacity, which is the ultimate goal. And also, and I, I do want to direct our attention to this, which I love. It's a direction that Rudolf Steiner indicated to me would be a, a really strong goal for all education, which is true and independent 
thought, which is what your show really represents, Jason and Crow. This is really that that show where you have that true and independent thought coming out that inspires people to have different ideas. It, it's a big deal that that one little thing at the end there is a big deal. But you know, it was occurring to me. A lot of people just don't have the connections. Like I've, I've met so many people doing the show. It's ironic that you and I grew up in the same relative vicinity, um, but it took the show for us to meet. And we had all kinds of connections that we realized after the fact. But I was thinking, David, we should be on my site. I have a hookup to Clive to Carl's products because in my book, those are far superior to what people are going to walk into some store and grab. We should, you, you provide so many of these things. We should get an image and put a hookup on every page of the site for your stuff too. So people can actually have a place to go. And by the way, it's not so easy. All these products are from trial and error over years, you know, and no chemicals and organic. Uh, some of the stuff you sent me is grown in the middle of a rainforest. Like you just sent me some honey, completely rainforest that honey came from. No, no nonsense in there. So the point I would make is it took real effort to get this quality, these high quality products and Clive DeCarl's uh, camp. You're looking at a man who's formulating like his magnesium for my finger. He formulated that. You can't go into a store and you'll find magnesium citrate or some other kind of magnesium. There's like four or five kinds of magnesium in the thing. So what do you think, man? Would you like to get together uh, an image of some sort and we'll put a link off my site to your stuff? Absolutely. Not only that, I'd love to give a discount to members so they get a, they get a deal. So we'll, do, we'll put both of those together for you guys. How's that sound? Perfect. Uh, if you send it, I'll put it right in, in the episode image. But uh, where do you want to go? Okay. So what I wanted to get into is what I'm doing right now. What I do every year, sometimes three or four times a year is lead cleanses. And I want to talk a little bit about what I've learned about cleansing over 27 years, which at this point I learned from greats, but I've taken their teachings and put it into practice for a long time now. And so I want to just give out some simple things that we can do at home that are some ideas that can start to revolutionize really your tissue quality. And I really want to emphasize that because what ends up happening is, is it's like a bathtub that gets backed up, right? You know, eventually you have to pull the plug out of the bathtub. You have to empty out the water. You can't just keep trying to disinfect the water. You're going to have to like drain it out. And that's where the colon cleansing comes in. And that's what, that's the place I want to start out. And then we'll just build from there. How's that sound? Perfect. Okay. So the colon is your, is the bottom of the, it's your sewage drainage, right? So every river drains out into an ocean somewhere and that's where everything kind of expands into a big river Delta. And that's where all the silt is. And essentially that's an area that can get backed up or clogged up. And we've had many trips in our lives. I'm sure we went with our, our family or somewhere. And next thing you know, we were backed up maybe three or four bowel movements because we got constipated and things didn't work out. And next thing you know, we finally got home and relieved ourselves, but we got behind three or four or five or 10 bowel movements. And then the next time it happened, we got behind three or four or five or 10 bowel movements. And eventually we think that it's just normal maybe to have one bowel movement a day or two or even three. And then what we do with a cleanse and what's recommended is, is we're going to allow your body to catch up. Now, the best way to do that, one of the best tools to do that is enemas and colonics enemas and colonics. And this is an area where it can be uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Or for, you know, for some gals out there, they're like, I do enemas every day, coffee enemas every week. I, there's people in our group like that. I get that. But for the people who are new, this is an exploratory area where you're going to find out, especially with the colonics, because the colonics is like a glorified enema. It's like having 20 enemas in an hour. 
And from there, you start realizing like, geez, I'm really got stuff keeps coming out. How, I, I thought I did three bowel movements a day and I still got stuff coming out. We start to find out just how clogged up we really are. As soon as we empty the colon out, the lymphatic system can then drain into the intestine, the large intestine. And that in lymphatic system is loaded oftentimes with decomposed blood. So what comes out of us is brown because of the stercubilins, which are decomposed hemoglobin, which is decomposed blood. So red, as it decomposes, it decomposes into brown. And that's what creates the brown color of what comes out of us. And that can keep coming out because your body, once it realizes, hey, the plug has been pulled, the colonics happen, it's all, everything's empty. It will unload all the lymphatic material into the colon to try to empty out. Plus up higher in the intestine, in the small intestine, that will then have an opportunity to come down and you're going to allow the body to start relieving the back pressure that's in the system from dinner, pushing lunch, pushing breakfast, dinner, pushing lunch, pushing breakfast, all the days of our lives. And eventually what you want to do, and if you do a cleanse, for example, and I'd love, we'll do it at some point, we'll do a cleanse for the whole group. We'll get you guys into our cleanse for like that first week. You're just taking that back pressure down. You're going for a clonic for the first time, maybe in your life. We're having one solid meal a day. The rest is all liquids. And we're just trying to get that back pressure down. But like this week for me, which is our second week of our cleanse, is all liquids. And then from the cleansing every day now, because this is the second week, I've got to do some enemas and clonics every day. When I get into week three with our group, we're going to actually be going, as crazy as this sounds, into a water fast that I learned from the greats, the timing of this. you got to set up for two weeks before you can get to the water fast. But during that water fast, you got to make sure you're letting those bowels up release. you got to pull that plug on that bathtub and keep everything released. Now, what this is doing is it's allowing the body to finally catch up. It's allowing the body to breathe and it's allowing the tissue to go, whoa, I could take in some more oxygen. We're not all clogged up with waste products of all the cellular metabolism, all the metabolic waste, the environmental toxins. I mean, we are so toxic. That is the thing perhaps that defines our civilization is the toxicity. So what are we going to do? We got to, we got to clean our own temple first. And this is the where we start. So it's the enemas and the clonics and then getting the back pressure off, giving your body a break, going on juices. The Gerson Clinic, remember what they did there for years? They get people on juices, they get them on enzymes. And those that combination that Max Gerson figured out was absolute genius. And what's the effect? Your body comes back. Then see the second step of this is once you start allowing that drainage to happen, your body goes, oh, I can breathe in the oxygen and now I can take in nutrients. So things like magnesium work better. Things like zinc work better because we're now allowing the body to outgas perhaps and release heavy metals that are taking like cadmium takes up the zinc receptor site. Things like arsenic that we accumulate, bromides, and that you mentioned iodine. My God, is iodine important in this process? In fact, what I'm telling people on our cleanse right now who are doing the enemas every day, the coffee enemas, the Gerson-style coffee enemas, which I learned from Charlotte Gerson, what I'm telling them is, hey, put a little iodine in there because we need to, we need to actually reshape our beach. And it doesn't happen in one go. It doesn't happen in one cleanse. It doesn't happen in a week. But a thousand waves do shape a beach. And so... Once you start into the cleansing process, eating organic foods, realizing like, hey, I've got to squeeze my tissue out, rejuvenate that tissue quality, then you start to get a grander vision of your life because you become healthier, really healthy. You don't, you're not going to need some mask or some other scam that the government's trying to push on you to have some facade of health. You actually feel it viscerally, internally. You develop 
what in Taoism, and it's a really great teaching, is we call the Jing energy, which is the primordial life force energy. It's a black energy. Actually, fulvic acid is very good for nourishing that energy because it's a black substance. But the, the greatest of all of them, actually, is something so simple. It's not even a nutrient, which is charcoal. Activated charcoal. So I want to give that tool to everybody out there right now. This is the biggest discovery in my whole career. And it came randomly. I was at a a gas station in Los Angeles, actually. And one day I was thinking, because I did many longevity conferences, we did 16 very big 2,000, 3,000 people events, but there were longevity conferences. And I thought, you know, off the top of my head, I should know the top longevity studies for mammals. Just, I should know that. And I just, that just crossed my mind. A couple of weeks later, a friend of mine who up here in Calgary, actually, who trains Olympic athletes, she contacted me. She said, you ever heard of the C60, which I know you guys know about the C60. And the carbon 60 is a, it's basically a super charcoal. If we really had to kind of categorize it, it's more sophisticated than that. But we'll just say that for now that the C60 research eventually caused me to go, wait a second. This is just like a fraction of charcoal. I wonder what charcoal does for longevity in mammals. I highly recommend everyone listening right now investigate that. Get some books on charcoal. Get some books written by some really interesting doctors on charcoal and start studying the history of it. And I'm going to say a statement right here, which is astounding. Charcoal is the number one thing by far in research on animals for extending life. There's nothing even close. There's no single nutrient of any kind. There's no single nutraceutical of any kind. There's no single food of any kind that you could take that will extend your life longer than activated charcoal. And it starts with just 500 milligrams a day in the morning. When you get up, you just one little capsule, you get a good activated charcoal. There's many on the internet. I love my own and I love many that are out there. And I'm so glad that we have that option. It's basically a pharmaceutical grade product now based on Russian research going back about 120 years where they standardized it. Back before then, you were basically just making like birch charcoal or willow charcoal and you just kind of would just eat the charcoal piece next to the fire. We can get into that too. That's incredible Scandinavian mythology and legend about the coal biter, the charcoal eater, the child in the family who was the runt of the litter, who would then be given the job of maintaining the home fire and it from age seven to 14 would be transformed into the most capable, the most resilient to the elements, the one who could be out in the rain longer, who could be out in the Arctic Ocean longer, could be out fishing longer, could be out taking care of the animals longer from the metamorphosis that charcoal would cause. And that person, again, in Scandinavian mythology was called the coal biter, K-O-H-L-B-I-T-R, which is still the word in, in the Icelandic language. I was taught all this by an Icelandic guy who's like, have you ever heard of the coal biter? And I was like, no, he's like, you need to look into this. And it's in the Scandinavian sagas, in the Icelandic sagas. This, by the way, was the name of J.R.R. Token and C.S. Lewis's club in Oxford, the coal biters, because it symbolizes transformation. Of course, charcoal makes sense. It's a detoxification substance, but it does not absorb like a sponge. It adsorbs with a D, adsorbs. So what it's doing is it's like more electrochemical or magnetic rather than like a sponge it's sucking up. So then people would think, okay, wait a second. I thought charcoal... It's going to suck up nutrients. Nope. There has been no research to prove that charcoal, activated charcoal, willow charcoal, birch charcoal, whichever one you like, sucks up nutrients. So for example, if I took activated charcoal with magnesium, there's no interference whatsoever. If I take activated charcoal with vitamin C, no interference whatsoever. If I take activated charcoal with food, no interference whatsoever. It's it. This is something profound. Now that research on this from the books indicates that activated charcoal extends life by 20 
to 47%. That is the highest of anything in the world. The resveratrol, which is in dark wines, and we love the research on resveratrols indicating that why Mediterranean peoples live so long. Well, that maximum can increase lifespan by 7%. Olive oil is number one or number two for a human being in extending lifespan, olive oil and chocolate. And uh, olive oil can extend lifespan in mammals by 9 to 18%, which is significant, very significant. Like, for example, what that means is, let's say a human in a perfect environment, we didn't have any pollution or stress or anything, we get 100 years, which I think is reasonable. Don't you guys agree? I think 100 years is like, if we were in an ideal situation, that's what we get for our life. Sure. It's just just short of biblical, right? They mark right. it at 120. Right. So let's say that's our, our what we naturally would get. And we know people who are in their 90s right now and family are in their 90s right now, and they're still going. And even though they have the stress and the toxicity, they're still making it. When you get to 100, if you let's say you had an extension of your life by 9%. That means 109 years old. And let's say with olive oil, you get an extension from 9 to 18%. It's 109 to 118 years old. That's what that means. So when I throw out these percentages, we get an idea of what that means. Now, charcoal can extend the lifespan of mammals by 20 to 47%. That is the most profound discovery, perhaps in all longevity research and in, in, in the health field, it's indicating something very critical, which is the discovery that detoxification is more important than nutrition for longevity and maybe for every, just for health in general. That's my feeling personally, actually at this stage. So let me jump in here on the C60 thing. Uh, when that came out, we were all wrapped up in it. Most people were, and here's what I currently accept to be a reasonable way to go. The synthetic C60 is not for me charcoal, like you're saying. And Clive DeCarl told the story of going to a pristine forest, getting an oak tree, these kinds of things. The point being real charcoal, not some chemistry lab created C60 molecule. That's the first thing. But David, let's just quickly reiterate the Max Gerson story so people can actually understand what they're up against in this world. So I think it was the 20 or the 30s. I'm going to tell this tale very quickly, and I'll be in the ballpark. It's been a long time since I looked at it. Max Gerson's a kid. He goes out. They're starting to come with synthetic fertilizers. He notices when they use them, all the worms split. And he says, something's wrong here. That's approximately where the story starts. So as time goes on, he comes up with this juicing method, which is beyond genius because it's very specific and it's cold pressed and all these things to get living juice into the body. And in, I think it's the thirties. I hope I have that right. He's cured like a Senator's daughter of some terrible thing. He's cured so many people. He announces, I have a cure for cancer. Well, the nurse that's helping him is either a double agent or gets bought off and poisons him. And so Max Gerson uses his juicing and cleansing method, which includes a coffee enema to do what they call liver dumps to stimulate the liver to dump out and clean the colon through. He keeps himself alive for a year, writing down everything that he had learned, and he hands it to his daughter, Charlotte. Now, David's met Charlotte. I've met Charlotte. We lost her about a year ago. I actually think it was 2019 we lost Charlotte. Uh, she was in her upper 80s. And she looked better than I do <laughs> when she <laughs> left, when she left the world, she looked better than I do. Her skin did not look like an, an 88 or whatever it was, nine, close to 90 year old person's skin. Point is immediately after he announces they pass laws within two or three months, making it illegal to, to treat cancers and other ailments with get this carrot, apple, <laughs> lettuce juice, saying it's dangerous, things like this. Hence, they are forced out of San Diego down to Tijuana to run their clinic. 
And this is the real deal. I met my wife and I went down to the place in San Diego where their office was. We met them. We got the books. We met this lady who had been an alcoholic and had all this miserable stuff happen to her when she was young. She was telling us how she put her face through the windshield of a car and it was completely scarred. And you looked at her, you couldn't see a single scar. She showed us a picture. So she had had all these spidery scars all over her face. And it was that way for years. She met Charlotte got on the Gerson method and her body repaired that. So a lot of the things we're told, like for one thing, you lose gum. When you lose your gum, most people tell you, yep, that's gone. You can't get it. It's not true. I've had my gums repaired, but just to, to put into context what this system is, will do to anyone who gets real methods. Do you think I dropped anything there, David? You hit it really good. I do want to mention that one of the key discoveries that Max Gerson brought to the world was the importance of enzymes for healing. And you touched on that. And his major thing was actually pancreatic enzymes and liver enzymes and liver enzymes. He was huge on that. And so what he, what his whole thing was, is a plant-based diet, except for liver enzymes, which were from cow, I think in his case, he used cow or, or it could have been also, they used pig liver. And what's going on there. If you look up pancreatin, for example, you think, oh, that's just one single enzyme. Actually, it's a collection of 12 different enzymes. And these are very powerful. I guess the best reference for our age group is Pac-Man, right? Miss Pac-Man. These enzymes go in there like little Pac-Man and they eat up undigested matter, necrotic tissue tissue that's been damaged, scarred tissue. When we have a, sc a scarring or an injury of any sort, your body can heal it, even and especially even dental can be healed, but you have to get out of the way and you have to allow your body to get the right nutrients to do the job. And a lot of times actually is just when you get to, this is why we get people to water fast, is when you get to the point of the water fast, especially if you've done all the steps preliminary, so you're well-nourished, you got a lot of enzymes, you did the colon cleansing, you did the tissue cleansing. When you get to the water fast and you just don't do anything, you just lay there for a week, your teeth will repair themselves, cavities will repair themselves, gums will repair themselves. And a lot of times when I'm doing the water fast, because I'm not doing anything else except drinking water, I'll just won't even brush my teeth. I'll just let my, the microbiome or the film in your mouth, the protective film, come back and strengthen because we're always hitting our mouth with all kinds of disinfectants, right? These are things like scope and Listerine and the stuff, you know, my uncle he used to have scope in his, uh, in his cupboard there. And that's what we used as kids. That stuff is such an intense disinfectant. It's terrible for your microbiome, your mouth environment, because it's like using constantly using bleach. Eventually the friendly bacteria can't grow there and, and the unfriendly bacteria morph and become more dangerous. This is what's happening to hospitals. This is what's happening to in our super hypochondria germ theory world is we're morphing very dangerous germs. Now I do want to keep going on this because what Gerson gave us is a very powerful tool, but I was also able and very fortunate to study with Dr. Hitt down there, H-I-T-T, -T, who was also down the road there in Tijuana, wonderful guy. And what he did is he, his focus was on ozone. This is another thing I want everyone to know is that when we're looking at the real cleansers, it's going to always come back to oxygen, carbon, and hydrogen. This is the basis of life. And oxygen's like the father, carbon's the mother, and hydrogen's the baby. And so I would look at charcoal, that's the carbon, right? That's a, that's a really beautiful way to cleanse yourself out. And it's, again, a thousand waves are going to reshape that beach. It doesn't happen overnight. You take one capsule of charcoal, it doesn't clean you out. But over a long period of time of that habit, 
that will have profound effects. But when you get to the oxygen, the oxygen is like a neutron bomb for the bad guys where you drop it in and all the Lyme spirochetes, the parasites, every single type of harmful bacteria, virus is susceptible. This is what I was mentioning earlier. They have a weakness. They're susceptible to oxidation. So when Nikola Tesla in 1901 invented the ozone machine, which you have on an oxygen tank running through into an ozone machine, which essentially strikes an arc on the oxygen, adding an extra electron or two or three or four onto the oxygen, and then taking that and bubbling it through water and then drinking that water or taking that and filling up a syringe and directly injecting the ozone gas. That's possible. We did that in the clinic for years. I've done that with doctors all over the world. Or you could take the ozone, bubble it through olive oil. I'm going to say something here, Crow. This is so frigging powerful. This respiratory thing, like, oh, we're going to have, we have this next respiratory virus or somebody, like a friend of mine had SARS in 2003, 2004, and he, he had it for like three months. It was a really bad respiratory problem. He came to my office. I said, no problem. We're going to bubble the ozone through olive oil. And we passed around the mask back and forth, like a mask you put on somebody, you know, who's having an operation or something like that. One of those oxygen masks. And I just passed it back and forth. When you, you can't breathe ozone gas directly because it's very aggressive. It'll kind of burn your throat, but you can breathe it when it's been bubbled through olive oil, because all of the most aggressive ozones, the O3, O4, O5, O6, O7 are sucked up by the olive oil and you breathe in O8, O9, O10, O11, O12, O13. And that will oxidize out any infection in your lungs in this particular case with my friend in that was maybe i don't know an hour or two we were hanging out in my office just passing the mask back and forth and of course it self-disinfects because it's oxygen so i'm not worried about getting anything from him i'm not into the germ theory by the way and he was completely cured in one night that was the end of that he was completely fine we're living and i do want to mention this and i think everybody knows this we're living in an idiocracy the technologies that we actually have are not used the technologies that we actually have are absolutely attempted to be destroyed by the system because they want to keep in place their monopoly of pills, powders, potions, injections, and all the other nonsense that's going on. We actually have, especially with ozone, a technology that does completely stop all infectious diseases. And that is why I, if I put this out on the open internet, I, I might, it puts my life in danger actually to say that. Ozone stops all infectious diseases, including polio, and you name it, smallpox, whatever you fill in the blanks, because they all have a weakness, and that is they're susceptible to oxidation, and therefore they can't they can't defend themselves against ozone or oxygen. All parasites are susceptible to oxidation, including tapeworms, ringworms, hookworms, and the list goes on. And, and by the way, I'm going to mention this again, and it's an important point. You can't ever get a cold, cough, flu, fever, anything like that. This is what my teachers taught me. I put it into practice for 27 years. I'm telling you, it's correct. If you get your colon cleaned out, you get your tissue squished out, basically wring it out like a sponge, and then you build your immunity up, there's nothing There's nothing for the parasites to get after. There's nothing for that bacteria, the staph infection, whatever, to eat because there's no food for them. So you can't get sick. Now, I know that because I traveled the world for 26 years under planes, trains, automobiles, thousands of people every day. And my immune system has been tested. There's no question about that. Eventually, I, I locked on to the great tonic herbs or super herbs, of which I will mention again, because people are going to probably ask like, okay, I've got the charcoal. I understand that. I got the iodine. I understand that. Start slow with iodine. You build up over time. Dr. Brownstein recommends 50 milligrams a day. That's very, very high. Start off with one, two, three drops of a good iodine product and build oh, up. Hold on. Hold on there. So I want to get this because the iodine is powerful. 
It did miracles in front of my eyes from completely lost in space to back to being a human being that could track through the world and, and speak with people normally. So a couple drops a day. So you're taking like an eight ounce glass of water, putting a couple drops in. That's where you start. Yes. Well said. And, and so then how do you build up? So what will happen is, is that you're, you're going to, you're starting to saturate your tissue. So what's going to happen in that process, for example, your body's going to chelate by replacement. So it's going to take the good iodine and go, Hey, we're going to get this bromide out of the receptor site and it will pop the bromide out and you'll take the iodine in. So you'll become more open to the iodine over time, but you can't just suddenly on day one go, we're going for saturation because your body's too filled up with bromides, fluoride, chlorine, and even radioactive iodine, which takes up that receptor site. So we're going to drive it out slowly and we build up to, let's just say three to five drops in two to five months. Then eventually we're going to get in say five to eight months, we might get to seven to 10 drops, you know, maybe up in that range. Once, and it a, just, day. Uh, once a day, once a day. Now you got to be careful too, because if you suddenly do too much, you can get a reaction where your body goes, Oh, I'm getting, I'm heated up. Your glands will react because it's too much at once. And iodine protects the thyroid for sure, but also protects all the glands, including reproductive glands. And one of the reasons why we have such reproductive problems in our whole society is because of the chlorine and the fluoride and the bromine, which is displacing the iodine. We should point out, um, and I don't know how correct this is, I haven't looked at it, but, but the theory goes that if you live near the ocean and you eat, like I think it's shellfish that you might be getting some iodine. But point is, is there's a lot of people that don't eat any meat and there's a lot of people that don't like shellfish. I don't think there's a hell of a lot of places where you would get the amount of iodine you need, but what kind of, like I, with Clive, he's using Dr. Lou, is it Lugosi? I, I, I Lugals, probably Lugals. There, there you go. I'm always thinking of Bella Lugosi. There I am. How, how, how entertainment barraged am I? What kind of iodine do you use? Well, I like Lugol's. I think it's a great product. So that's a great okay. place to start. I, you know, I work with Dr. Group down in Houston and he produces an iodine from the ground up, literally from a deposit 7,000 feet below the ground. And that is called a nascent iodine. And it's actually in that case, it's a certified organic iodine, the only one in the world. And it's the name of it. The brand name of it is detoxidine. Really good brand. Mm -hmm. So we, we should get Jason here, you know, when you, when you get David and I together, he's going to need more than a crowbar. Do you want to get in on this or should we burn Jason? Well, there's one thing I would like to explore a little bit if we have time, and that's what is the charcoal doing, the whole C60 concept, because that really did go crazy all over the internet for quite a while and people are still looking into it. What is the charcoal actually doing in your body to assist with longevity? Great question. So activated charcoal and charcoal of any sort, even just a regular charcoal, like a birch charcoal or willow charcoal, which has long history of being used medicinally in Europe, it actually doesn't really, you don't digest much of it in the sense of absorbing it into your bloodstream. There's a process called interstitial dialysis. It's a, this is phenomenal. Where the charcoal, let's say you took 500 milligrams of charcoal, as that charcoal works its way through your intestines, it becomes an attractor of very out of sorts types of molecules in your body. Let's just say things that have a real strong positive charge. Charcoal has a very strong negative charge. So it will start to pull to itself plastics, heavy metals, toxic molecules, undigested protein that's become necrotic. Just things that your body does, waste products. Your body is like, we don't know what to do with this. We got to get rid of it. 
the charcoal attracts it and it pulls it into the intestines. So different from what we would think, we would think, oh no, it's just, we're absorbing it into our bloodstream. Like you would protein or fats or oils or your normal digestion of food. No, it, that's not what's happening. What's happening is the charcoal is an attractor and it's pulling into the intestines. And as it pulls across that intestinal villi, the other way than we normally, because normally you are taking stuff that's in our intestines, pulling it into our portal vein, it's coming into our body. It actually, the charcoal is pulling the stuff out that interstitial dialysis takes a burden, a filtration burden off of our body. And what that means is it takes a burden off our kidney, our spleen and liver so that those organs don't have to work so hard filtering. In fact, charcoal is the number one filtration and purification medium in the world. If we're going to purify water, what's the best thing? Charcoal. If we're going to purify air, what's the best thing? charcoal. If we're going to purify soil, what's the best thing? Charcoal. I went crazy, you guys, because you know I'm an organic farmer. And I started out there. Crow knows where I started. He knows even the nursery where I got my first two avocado trees, which true. (laughs) I know. Well, that's gone now, by the way, but go ahead. So that's how long I've been into growing trees. When I got into using charcoal as an amendment in the soil, it was like a vast library of knowledge was open before my eyes. Now I use, instead of using vermiculite in my greenhouse, for example, I use charcoal. Charcoal is a vermiculite. It's also, a give, it adds space so you don't get a clay buildup, for example, in potted plants in a greenhouse, you can get too much clay. The charcoal disperses that soil so you don't have a buildup of too much clay so the roots can breathe. And it goes on. The charcoal, of course, is very negatively charged. It purifies the soil environment, purifies the water environment in the, for the roots. So I've grown plants entirely 100% in charcoal just like you would do it hydroponically. That's also very interesting and a fascinating research project. You can look into what they did in Amazonia, the Tierra Preta de los Indios, which is the black dirt of the Amazon, the only civilization that left the soil better than they found it in the history of humankind. Interesting research. But anyway, this this charcoal effect eventually comes out. Now, this is even crazier. Listen to this, Jason. When, when you poop it out, it continues to work into the environment because charcoal is not used up. Charcoal can absorb 100 to 200 times its weight in toxins. So as it goes into the earth, it keeps working. It'll keep working in the sewer system. It'll keep working in the earth. Let's say you have a septic system. It starts to purify your septic system. And eventually, you know, in old houses like my old house, you get kind of a smell that comes out of the old toilets because the septic and stuff, it's kind of gotten old. And, you know, there's certain odors that you just can't get rid of until you start dumping charcoal into the toilet. Once you do that, that not only gets rid of those odors because charcoal absorbs gases better than anything. It's incredible in that regard. It can completely 100% absorb ozone even. So that if you have an ozone system in a room that you don't want ozone gases escaping, I've been in that situation many times working with doctors, we'll just put a little battery at the end of the line so that the escaping ozone gas goes into a battery of charcoal and it will completely absorb the entire odor of the ozone. At any rate, this will work into the earth and it will keep working for hundreds or even thousands of years. That's what the Amazonian discoveries of the Tierra Preta de los Indios has indicated to us. It persists as a purification agent in the soil. So you can imagine if you just keep putting that char- that charcoal in every day, just 500 milligrams, maybe you go up to 1,000 milligrams. Sometimes I'll do you know 4,000. Sometimes I'll do more. Sometimes I'll do less, but just depends on the situation I'm in. 
because if you're really burning the midnight oil and you take a lot of charcoal, it'll suck up all the waste products out of your blood so that you have more energy and you're clearer. So if you're like wiped out from being up all night and you need to wake up and you need to be sharp, I will sometimes take as much as 10,000 milligrams of charcoal. I don't recommend that for newbies. Don't do that if you're new. But if you're an old timer with this stuff, you can get away with that because it's constipating. If you do too much, it can be too drying on your system. But that's can be used in that situation in order to clean your blood out quickly and wake yourself up. So it's an alternative to coffee for sure. Any stimulant in the morning, take a little charcoal. And I could go on about, you guys can imagine how far I could go on about that, but I do want to get into another subject with it, which we were referencing earlier, which is those medicinal mushrooms, which I think people really can get excited about because this is a, this is an area where I was trapped in a health food store by a friend of mine, Truth Calkins, very famous guy in LA in the health field. And he, he was like, you got to get on reishi mushroom. This is 20 years ago. So I got into reishi mushroom just because of him. And I started looking into it. Eventually I became a reishi mushroom hunter. And by the way, all medicinal mushrooms, this is what they've never told you are tree mushrooms. Mushrooms that grow on trees are medicinal mushrooms. Wow. What a shocking statement. Remember in that movie, Crow, you were referencing um, our uh, brainwashing by Hollyweird. What was that movie? Avatar, where the guy says, it's just a bunch of stupid trees. Is it just a bunch of stupid trees? Is it just a bunch of stupid trees? It isn't. Trees are miraculous, amazing beings. And one of the gifts they give us when they die, or even sometimes when they're living, is they produce a mushroom that is a medicine for us, the best medicine going. You can't beat reishi mushroom or chaga mushroom and their 5,000-year known human medicinal use. We know they've been used by humans longer than that, but medicinal use in medicinal systems, 5,000 years. And there's many of them, like the most common woodland mushroom. If you guys are walking through the forest, you know, you see those little white things growing on twigs and stuff on the floor of the forest. You're like some kind of a mushroom. That's Tremedes. Tremedes is the number one cancer fighter going. You'll see it, it actually in Japan. They, they've, they call it Crespin or polysaccharide K. And they, it's made out of Tremedes. You don't need to pay for that. Just get the, there's the mushroom right there in the forest. It's free. There's so much free medicine going on. We, we, we it's need crazy. To- yeah, we got to make a statement right here. <laughs> I always make the don't give a jalapeno to a baby statement. So pay attention to the dosing. But mushrooms, you better know what you're doing. Here where I live and almost everywhere I've ever been, there are local mushroom groups that can teach you how to understand. In my area, there is a mushroom. Uh, one, of, They look almost identical. One can make you very sick or knock you off. The other one's great for your dinner table and has medicinal qualities they claim. Uh, point is don't go out picking mushrooms unless you have been trained and understand. We got to say these things, David. I agree with you. I mean, people get desperate. Oh, there's this thing that will keep, you know, and they start to know. And by the way, I'm not kidding. In every place I have ever been or lived, there are mushroom clubs and they're more than happy to teach people how to recognize what's what. There's so much free food out there. Once you know, I would recommend if you're going to pick ground mushrooms, you really need a teacher. You need someone to show you this is a Belidi, this is a black trumpet, this is a oyster mushroom, this over here is a chanterelle, this is a, what's the what's one of my favorites, the uh, morel. And you need someone to show you these things and many ecosystems, especially where you guys, especially I think, Jason, you're down in Louisiana, so you're going to have, so you've got the, the Sam, are you in the Sam Houston forest? Are you in the extension of that forest? I'm on the North shore of New Orleans. Okay, so you're down there. So down there, you're going to find some interesting 
ground mushrooms for sure, but mostly I would hunt for tree mushrooms in that area in this, especially anything coming out of the bald cypress because the bald cypress is like a redwood. So that's where you're going to find your rishis and your more interesting medicinal mushrooms. But the key idea is, is the tree mushroom is much, much safer than the ground mushroom. The ground mushroom, there's deadly ones. And there's also, there's one that's called a deadly gallerina, which grows on very, very decomposed wood. It's unlikely that you'll miss, that you'll go, that's a tree mushroom, because by the time it's gotten to that point of decay, most of the wood is gone. But that's really in North America, the only real dangerous one is the deadly gallerina that could grow on decomposed wood. Generally, you wouldn't even see any wood left, but I just want to put that out there. The other ones, these things that we call the the rishis and the shagas are in a family called polypores. And the polypores, I'm going to, this is such, I'm so glad to share this. The polypores are great allies of humanity. The polypores are an ally of humanity of such great import and such historical significance is profound. For example, the control of fire in North America and all across the circumpolar region of the entire northern hemisphere, supposed hemisphere, maybe hemisflat, I don't know. That entire region has two key mushrooms, the chaga mushroom, which is also known as the tinder conch, which when you light it, it will, you can't put it out. It's got so much cesium and so many alkaline elements in it, rubidium and, and francium and cesium, that you cannot put it out. So this is what humans, ancient humans used to take a, an ember or coal or hot coal from one fire to another location somewhere else. And wow. they would use a second mushroom, Fomis fomentarius, another bracket mushroom, kind of a foot soldier mushroom, a wonderful mushroom to go into tea. I'm drinking it right now. Fomis fomentarius. They would bore a hole into that mushroom, take the hot chaga ember, put it into the other mushroom, and then you could walk with the ember in your hand. That's how humans controlled fire for 10,000 years in North America. That what I just told you. That's how amazing this is, this discovery. We should point out a thing so people that don't know much about mushrooms. Uh, in the area I live, there's a whole onslaught of people growing all these mushrooms, which don't keep well, which you'll never see at a supermarket because they have to be made locally and pretty much used locally. There's no way to store them or ship them or things like this. And this is going on all over the country. But you will hear the claim that this amazing thing we call a mushroom, first of all, its flesh is called meat. Secondarily, where a plant takes in carbon dioxide and puts off the oxygen, the mushroom's more like us. It does the reverse of that, takes in the oxygen, puts off the carbon dioxide. And there's another thing. They'll say that mushrooms grow without the need of sunlight, which isn't 100% honest. Whatever that mushroom's growing on required sunlight, an old log, almost 100%. But the point is, it's not photosynthesizing. And I don't think any do, as far as I know, David. Do you know better? Well, there are some crazy, weird exceptions where certain mushrooms will, they'll take in a chlorophyll growing organism and they'll create a fusion. And like, for example, there are some algaes of that nature, which are really a fusion of a plant and a mushroom together. Hmm. So that those kinds of things exist in nature. I mean, this is when we get into mushrooms and lichens and algaes, these are kind of the wild west areas of botany. These are the really interesting areas, and this is where the real breakthroughs in medicines are actually happening. For example, just in the last 10 years, vitamin D3 from a lichen, or actually in this case, vitamin D2 from a lichen. I know vitamin D3 can be produced from lichens, and now that we have a whole market now that's just developed of vitamin D3, which normally you'd have to get from combing through wool. Like you'd have to comb it off a sheep and get the lanolin, and then that would be where the D3 would come from in these supplements. Now we're able to get it from lichens. So this is... And a growing area, and it's a fascinating area of research 
And it's really where medicine is at. Because if we look at what an antibiotic is, like streptomycin, what's the myosin? The myo, that's mushroom. Almost all antibiotics are lab-grown mushrooms. They're lab-grown cultures of fungi. Hmm. Now, they're super concentrated, and therefore, they're off balance. And that's why they can destroy not only harmful organisms, but healthy organisms like your friendly bacteria. And that's why I'm not a big fan of antibiotics is because they can actually kill off friendly tissue and friendly and healthy organisms like our probiotics. So this is, this by the way, is a very key area here is this interface between us and the outside, which is that layer of bacteria that covers all our, our entire body and the whole inside of our digestive canal, the microbiome. This is an area where charcoal is like a reset. And this is why more and more women, for example, if you look into this, the best thing for your teeth is to brush your teeth with charcoal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Best teeth whitener, best thing for your gums, best thing for the microbiome, just like in the soil. Same with the microbiome in your gut. Same with the doing a skin mask. So a lot of times, like I did the other day, a full body scrub with charcoal just for the microbiome of my skin because it's just like the soil, right? All the friendly bacteria, yeah, it's clean. Everything's clean, crispy. Really friendly environments are created by resetting the tissue with charcoal. So I just want to kind of throw that in there. Now, the medicinal action of a reishi mushroom or a trimedes or a fomis fomentarius or some of these mushrooms that I'm mentioning, chaga mushrooms, another one, is it's two-sided. So I want to kind of cover this real quick. There's one side of it is the direct action of the terpenes that are in those mushrooms, typically like triterpene. So they're coiled up molecules. They're things that you'd find in essential oils, for example, and they have an immediate fast acting effect on harmful, let's just say a harmful bacteria, or let's say something like a, um, a influenza strain. I personally don't even believe that influenzas can do anything to you if you've got all the parasites out of your system, but just throwing that out there. That's the triterpene action. The other side of what the mushrooms do is the polysaccharide action, which is the, and by the way, the triterpenes are oil soluble. They come out only under really hot water, but they definitely will come out in alcohol. So you're going to get more of a fast acting medicine from a, from an alcohol extraction or even a spagyric of reishi mushroom, for example, than you will of the tea. The tea is more of a long-term get out the polysaccharides, the water-soluble fraction, which then nourishes your immune system and creates more immune system weaponry that on day one isn't so much felt as it is on day 100. But once you're 10 years into it, your immune system is completely different. If you're consistently taking in medicinal mushroom teas every single day for, unless you're fasting on water or something, your immune system becomes completely re-educated. You have a new immune system and you you become immune, actually. What kind of mushroom tea? So what I do will do is I'll take the conch. So I'll go out and I'll take reishi mushroom from the forest around my house. I'll take chaga mushroom. And those are real easy ones to identify and they're really safe. Um, they have, again, that long history of human use and they're easy to identify from other ones, which is really good. So you can't make a mistake. And then you break those off. You bring those home. You can literally just throw those into a teapot and just cook them up right there if you want to. I dry them out in the sun. I literally will dry them in the sun, you know, so I can keep them because they're a little wet. They're a mushroom growing in a forest. So if you want to keep them for a few weeks or even months, you want to dry them out in the sun. Plus, when you dry those mushrooms out in the sun, this is true of all tree mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms. They form the ergosterol, which is usually a white film that's on the porous bottom surface, will convert to vitamin D2. So you can get a little bit more D vitamin that way. 
At any rate, once you throw them into a tea, they will make many teas. Like if I get, find a reishi mushroom, I'm savoring that thing. I'm not going to just make one tea and throw that thing away. I'm going to make 30 or 60 teas out of that mushroom. And that's how rich they are. And I'll drink that. And the first time I ever had a reishi mushroom tea was the craziest thing. You don't know what to expect. And this is the first time ever foraging it wildly. And this is back in 2005. I was in the forest behind my house and my neighbor was like, I know where they grow. And we found the spot where they grow. Anyway, so we get down there, we get the mushroom and I make the tea and I drink it. And I was like, my God, this is like hot butter. That's what it tastes like. It tastes like hot butter. And it was just the most amazing, astounding thing that this wild thing out there is wild mushroom, which is so revered in Chinese medicine and all medicinal systems around the world. In fact, reishi mushroom was so hunted in Europe that you cannot hunt reishi mushroom today. It's illegal because they almost hunted it to extinction. Reishi mushroom. So we only think about China with reishi mushroom, but no, its history is very well known in Europe and all all across North America historically. I've even found reishi mushroom in the Amazon. Reishi mushroom grows in every forested ecosystem on earth. That's a profound statement. So David, let me jump in. We forgot to ask you up front. Can you tell people where they can find you and your the stuff you provide for health online? Okay, so my name DavidWolf.com, D-A-V-I-D-W-O-L-F-E.com. And my shop is there and my all four, I've got 4,000 blog entries there and you can learn all about medicinal mushrooms. And, and I, I'm a real people person. I think, I think Crow, Crow, you know that about me. I mean, I, yeah. I love all people at all levels of knowledge. I'm not just like, we're just going to speak to this group over here, you know, who's like super intellectual class. I mean, okay, I'll speak to them, but I like speaking to newbies too. And all my sites are designed for every layer of that. And I did learn that. And I do want to put this out there that, you know, my relative Saeed. And um, Saeed, he was the first one to play for me, Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. And one of the things I took from that is that, and this is really a Pink Floyd thing, there are many layers of consciousness in the world, and you want to produce media and entertainment and information and education for all levels, not just one. And so that's always been my goal. And so that's what I would say my sites are really about is just wherever you fit in, like is this type of content you want that's a little more sophisticated or, you know, a little more cryptocracy kind of stuff. that's there. But if you're just kind of new to this, that's also there. And I've always had that, that prerogative from Saeed my whole life, my cousin Saeed, who you knew. So just want to point that out. All right. Well, we should give a shout out to Saeed who left us way too young. That's a terrible day. I remember that day very well, actually. So that's going to be the first hour of episode 278. David, we're going to need to get an image together before this goes live that I can get on my site because I can already tell people are going to be when when I did this with Clive. um, And the cool thing is, is there is kind of a separation between what Clive will provide and what David will provide. Um, And I can't say enough about either. These are top, top quality things. And I think they mesh together well. Um, When we come back, and I don't even know the answer to this, although we both grew up in a place where smoke and pot was it was mandatory. If you didn't smoke pot, you were like some kind of a, a weirdo. So I'm going to ask about cannabis when we come back and, and if it has any application in David's eyes. But uh, and actually, I don't even need to say it. This is never going to run on YouTube by David's request, which I probably wouldn't have anyhow, uh, because we're going against the big boys, aren't we? We're telling you that this vaccines and all this, it's evil. It's just evil. And they know what they are doing. The only people who don't know are the people who pony up to the table and roll up their sleeve. And that is unfortunate. So join us for hour two of episode 278. 
and we'll pick up and I'm going to pick up with cannabis and we're going to get into a lot more things. And again, David, we got to get an image together and a link together, however you do it off crow777radio.com. But there it is, man. We'll see you for hour two. Cheers. Is the enemy of knowing. 